0: Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli, and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program...
1: So we've seen this happen in other sectors, now it needs to happen in deep tech. So the onus is on all of us, on us, like as investors who have taken that early leap of faith to make these investments and the entrepreneurs to create these playbooks.
0: That's after these headlines. Brazil has seen an alarming acceleration in the destruction of its Amazon rainforests. Fresh data from the country's National Institute for Space Research shows, Deutsche Welle reports. The data shows a rapid reversal in the slowdown in the rate of deforestation, increasing by 22% in just the last one year in the South American nation ever since President Jair Bolsonaro came to office in 2019, according to the report. America lags China and Russia in hypersonic missile technology and it has some catching up to do very quickly, according to a top US Space Force official, Politico Reports. The US is not as advanced as the Chinese or the Russians in terms of hypersonic programs, General David Thompson, Vice Chief of Space Operations, said during his appearance at the Halifax International Security Forum, Politico Reports. Both China and Russia have recently tested hypersonic missiles, that fly at least five times the speed of sound and can glide and navigate to targets in a way that makes current radar technology powerless in detecting them. Microsoft is adding shopping and security features to its Edge browser ahead of the holiday shopping season in the US and Europe, the company said in a recent blog post. Shopping related features include the ability to keep track of price changes and get alerts on products that users have browsed recently. And Microsoft is piloting Easy Update, a feature that lets you update your passwords quickly. Adele Adkins, the British singer-songwriter of hits such as Someone Like You and When We Were Young, has coaxed Spotify, the world's biggest music streaming service, to drop the shuffle option that used to be the default when you tapped on its play button, BBC Reports. People should listen to her songs in the order that she intended, Adil tweeted after Spotify pushed the Shuffle feature inside a menu, making playing songs in order the default. Anything for you, Spotify tweeted back, after Adil thanked the music service for the move. Satish Andhra is an entrepreneur turned investor with extensive experience across multiple funds backing tech ventures at storied firms like DFJ and now at his own VC firm, India Partners, where he is the managing director. In today's Tech Conversation, The onus is on the investors to back deep tech founders in India and on the entrepreneurs to build those playbooks, Satish tells me. Here's more. Uh, Satish, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, To start with, uh, maybe you could tell us a bit about uh, the path that uh, brought you to India Partners. Uh, I know you've been in this industry for a fairly long time. And for folks who are not familiar with uh, your work, uh, I guess they would find it fascinating if you were to give us a, a snapshot Going back to DFG and maybe even before that, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, Thanks, Hari, for having me on this podcast. Uh, I'm an engineer by background. Uh, Like many other Indians, I went to US for my master's in computer engineering, then moved to Silicon Valley between, uh, you know, 94 to um, almost 2010, um, spent time in Valley full time. Now I go back and forth uh, between India and Valley um designed uh, semiconductors for VLSI technology. Mainly customers were Apple, IBM, Motorola, then LSI Logic. Customers were Cisco and startups like uh, Extreme Networks and Juniper Networks. Then the startup bug kind of bit me so moved to a startup called T-Square which was a network processor company got acquired by Connexcent. Then I used to read a lot about internet and software. And after doing a bit of angel investing in the valley, I started, uh, you know, a, a software company. In those days it was called ASP application service provider. You know, today we call them SaaS. Uh, the farmer CEO raised 40 odd million dollars in venture capital in the valley. Um, like all other entrepreneurs, uh, you know, uh, hustled, uh, did a lot of good work, but also made a few mistakes. Um, so the journey always is very, very interesting. Uh, after exiting Euclid, um, I wanted to move to the other side of the table. Uh, DFJ gave me a wonderful opportunity. I was with them as a venture partner for two funds. And post that, uh, you know, like, like you already mentioned, uh, you know, DFJ is a global investor, actively investing in Valley, China, India, those days. Um Not only Hotmail, but Skype, Tesla, SpaceX, many, many great companies, you know, DFJ, Baidu in China. Um, so DFJ was an early investor in all of those companies and I realized that, um, you know, India, uh, we as a country had done very, very well, IT services, pharma services, BPO services, that was all between 96 and 2006. And then, like 2008 onwards, it was a lot of internet app-driven service companies. You know, fintech, edtech. Uh, you know, 2016 we uh, started India Partners. 2015-16 timeframe. The thesis was product startups, and a bunch of these entrepreneurs will target regional and global markets. And we wanted to jumpstart, you know, and be kind of a launchpad for such startups. And uh, last year we closed our second fund, and now we are in very active investment phase.
0: Mm. Tell us a bit about uh, overall uh, how much money you've uh, committed and or deployed, and uh, what are some of the uh, uh, areas in which you're looking to invest in, and maybe some recent startups in your portfolio.
1: Yeah, so uh, 100 million and the management, uh, you know, like I said, uh, investing from second fund um we've done more than 10 investments this year uh broadly uh, you know we look at um four sectors uh, SaaS is one fintech uh, uh digital health and deep tech um in terms of deep tech uh, you know all the emerging frontier technologies like ai blockchain cybersecurity 5g um you know all of these electric mobility uh, they come into deep tech um In terms of SaaS, um, you know, Darwin Box, uh, it was, we were the first investor actually, uh, seed investors in Darwin Box. Um, another company, is Slang Labs, uh, which is voice uh, assistance as service. It's the voice infrastructure. The founders are earlier, you know, Little Eye Labs founders. Most recently, we've invested in Zluri, which is a SaaS management software platform. So these are kind of representative of our SaaS portfolio. In terms of digital health, uh, SICTPL, which is AI pathology, Synapsica, which is AI radiology, CureFit, most recently SugarFit, uh, which is diabetes management, type 2 diabetes, and uh, eventually chronic disease management. Uh, Companies like iSTEM, which is a cell therapy platform for age-related macular degeneration, in fintech, um, KIST was our first investment, digital lending platform. And, um, you know, we've also invested in Capita. Capita is enabling liquidity in private markets. It's organizing private markets. It gives you equity, ESOP management solution, cap table, modeling software, all on subscription basis, and also enables potential liquidity for investors, founders, and employees in private companies. GRIP is an alternate investment platform uh, for infrastructure lease financing and upside AI is an AI-driven, fundamentals-driven PMS company. In terms of deep tech, uh, these are fairly kind of moonshot bets. Um, Alpha-ICS is an AI processor. It's an edge AI processor. Steradian semiconductors is imaging radar chip, 4G imaging radar chip. Myelin. Foundries, Edge AI, software stack, targeting automotive, industrial, and uh, you know media, entertainment verticals, and cell propulsion is you know electric mobility, last mile, um, light commercial vehicles, kind of one ton to six ton, uh, including fleet management and charge infrastructure. So these are you know some of our portfolio companies in each of these sectors. Uh, the key is you know we're the first check. Many at times we roll up our sleeves and work with entrepreneurs.
0: Mm. Yeah, on that point, um, i uh, I did a quick read on your website where you have mentioned the idea of going in early and as well as going in as co-creators. Uh, tell us a little bit about your approach uh, to startups.
1: Yeah, so we believe that uh, you know uh, good entrepreneurs have uh, a lot of avenues for capital, right and um, uh, apart from capital, uh, especially when you go early stage, you know, some of these we go in so early hurry, uh, a company like Zluri, you know, after our term sheet, you know, they're still serving notice period and then they incorporated Zluri and build the product. So you would imagine now, you know, it's, it's, it's a good concept and they have thought about the business plan, but they don't have anything to show yet except maybe some screenshots or some preliminary demo. So for us to, take that leap of faith and make an investment, we need to fully understand the domain and be very comfortable with the ecosystem, you know, the competitors and the big players and the analysts, all of that. So we feel that uh, many product startups, especially the ones that are targeting regional markets and global opportunities, they require guidance, not just in terms of fine-tuning their product, but go-to-market, acquiring some initial customers, hiring some more good people where they have gaps in the team and eventually prepare a business plan for growth so that they're able to scale. In all of these areas, they require almost like a co-founder VC and that's the role we play.
0: Mm. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, the various companies that you mentioned and it occurred to me that uh, uh, there is some kind of an underlying Common theme uh, with all these companies in the sense that uh, they seem to be more original, more tech-driven today uh, compared with uh, you know maybe even five years ago. Uh, what do you see uh, in terms of what some of these startups and their founders uh, reflect in the way India's startup ecosystem is changing?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good observation, Hari. And uh, you know, multiple things are happening. Um, I mean, at a macro level, we all know that uh, uh, we have immense entrepreneurial talent and capital is abundant post-pandemic, even local markets growth have been very impressive and exits, you know, very fertile ground for exits, you know, all forms like IPOs and SPACs and m and all of that. Um, while that being a macro factor, uh, I think more at a micro level, uh, what we see is um definitely uh, immense uh, capacity you know uh, folks engineers and marketing and sales teams you know that have scaled companies startups you know have taken concepts and scaled them and that kind of depth in talent is very very necessary and uh, you know technology at least most of our companies have significant amount of ip i mean if you really look at like an alpha icis an edge ai processor i mean you're competing against the uh, the the incumbents and the very large players out there, the Nvidia's of the world and Qualcomm's and Intel's of the world, and likewise, you know, if you look at um, uh, you know even uh, Sickle, you know AI pathology um, or or Mylan Foundry, all of these um, you know they have significant IP. So they most of these entrepreneurs have a lot of domain expertise. Uh, example, like uh, Gopi of Myelin Foundry, you know he was CTO of Tata Suns Right. Uh, prior to starting Myelin Foundry, uh, and and before that, he was MD of GE Jack Welch Technology Center. So while he is, uh, you know, uh, one of the entrepreneurs, you know, has that deep domain expertise and industry experience. You know, we also kind of uh, get to work with, uh, you know, medical doctors, you know, who got in business degree and then want to uh, solve a healthcare problem. So. Unlike many of the B2C businesses or D2C kind of businesses, when you look at enterprise and uh, domains like this, like at KIST, Ranveer and Krishnan, uh, both at McKinsey, were both at McKinsey for, uh, I think, more than a decade or even close to 15 years in financial services business. So before they really started uh, KIST, uh, Darwin Box team had very, very good understanding of HR domain, uh, you know, Chaitanya, Jayant, and Rohit. Uh, you know, when they started Dark and Box. So uh, definitely the common theme is a lot of domain experience, operating expertise, significant amount of IP that they bring to the table.
0: Mm. And uh, would you say the deep tech uh, ecosystem will only uh, accelerate uh, from this point onwards? It looks like many factors are coming together, you know, including advances in AI, uh, cloud computing, as well as now, uh to some extent uh, we see backing i mean companies i mean firms such as india but uh, also including money for the growth stage and uh, do you see it going from now uh staff software uh, driven deep tech even to sophisticated hardware as well
1: yeah again that's it's a great observation and a fabulous question uh honest answer is i don't know but i am an optimist uh, I'm a firm believer that it'll happen sooner than later. I think what needs to happen is we need to create success stories. I think success breeds success and entrepreneurs, when they watch, you know, other entrepreneurs in the proximity uh, becoming successful, uh, they get very inspired. They learn, they get confidence and they create better playbooks than existing playbooks. So we've seen this happen in other sectors. Now it needs to happen in deep tech. So the onus is on all of us, on us, like as investors who have taken that early leap of faith to make these investments and the entrepreneurs to create these playbooks. But I'm a very, very firm believer, especially now, uh, you know, local supply chains have become a must. Uh, many, many countries are trying to not so much depend, uh, you, know, uh, on, on, you know, in terms of from other country on other countries with respect to some of the innovative technologies. So given all these drivers, and you also mentioned this confluence of many trends, AI, 5G, IoT, quantum computing, um, you know, uh, materials, all of these, right? So certainly there's no better time. And I'm a very firm believer that growth capital is also available. Uh, What it takes is a couple of really good companies and case studies to kind of get the ecosystem going.
0: Hmm. One area, I mean, talking to people, uh, founders as well as investors, I feel India still lags uh, is in the area of uh, tackling climate change. Uh, it looks like uh, in, in the advanced economies, especially in the US, you know, there are people like Chris Saka who are uh, coming up with dedicated funds uh, to back climate tech startups. Uh, what do you see uh, happening in India?
1: Yeah, so I think very interesting, uh, you know, point you bring up again. Um, uh, I believe we were five to seven years away, um, if not more. Uh, at DFJ, uh, you know, we had done a bunch of investments. One was Riva and uh, the other is a company called Latero, electronic waste recycling. You know, Riva, you know, uh, was one of the first, uh, you know, four-wheeler uh, EVs, you know, much before Tesla. And DFJ was also an investor in Tesla. Um, and we've done Bharat Light and Power PLP, uh, you know, which is aggregating solar and wind assets on the power generation side. Um, definitely, uh, you know, the market uh, is still slow. I think a lot of um, you know components have to kind of fall in place, and there's big policy, uh, you know, dependence as well, right? So I believe uh, in the in countries like US and Europe, uh, Europe is way ahead. I mean, US uh, beginning to happen, beginning to see traction. So maybe three to five years out, I know we'll see a lot of activity in India. I think I've, you must have seen that uh, most recently, I think with Everstone, I think CDC also committed money in a dedicated uh, climate tech fund for India or something like that. Um, uh, I read that. Um, so... Uh, I believe we are five, seven years away Hari, on that front.
0: Hmm. And in terms of, uh, I mean, staying on the point of the enabling ecosystem, uh, of course, in SaaS, now the playbook is very clear. You start in India, but very quickly go to the US or even start in the US itself directly and have some centers in India. Do you see this uh, uh, extending to other sectors?
1: Yeah, yeah, very much. And so, uh, you know, I see that in the uh, healthcare space, not just diagnostics, point of care, uh, even uh, uh, gene sequencing, um, all of that, but also in medical devices, you know, for emerging markets. Um, certainly, um, you know, you could have uh, your R&D, you know, elsewhere and go to market in a very, very different country. Um, so I see that, uh, you know, uh, happening. And all of the, you know, deep tech, uh, you know, whether it's semiconductors or uh, even cybersecurity, you know, and then 5G or IoT kind of stuff, uh, I think very, very plausible and very similar models are uh, very feasible.
0: Mm. Just to ask you a few questions on the the VC part of uh, your work itself, uh, uh, not so much the startups. Uh, I mean, looking at all your uh, companies on your portfolio, I I would like to, I guess I would imagine you as a specialist VC. And then there are people who also talk about how the age of uh, generalist VCs is uh, waning. Uh, how do you see yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, from the very beginning, you know, we wanted to be uh, a specialist VC and not be all things to all people. Uh, it's very difficult, right? So if you really look at, um, Uh, Classical Silicon Valley style, you know, even from late 70s, um, you know, you saw folks who knew enterprise software or enterprise sector, who knew networking and communication, uh, who understood uh, semiconductors and they were investing in those. And then Internet happened and a lot of them started, you know, investing in Internet and now many, many more sectors. So they're sector specialists and um, also stage focus. Uh, Because you can't be all things to all people. You know, the way I understand early stage uh, prior to, let's say, series A or series B is very different from the way growth investor would understand that. Uh, It's like almost, you know, somebody uh, managing, let's say, you know, you've got a caretaker at home, Uh, you know, someone managing a a one to seven-year-old child versus someone else coming to babysit for you. You know who is, you know children who are ten to twenty years old. You know that's a very very different skill set altogether. So stage focus is important. Sector focus is important. And when you focus on sectors and you're not all things to all people, uh, you understand the trends. You're able to add value. You know how uh, large players are thinking. Um, how customers um, you know are are, are seeing uh, you know in terms of how this space is evolving. What is analyst rationale? So you're able to connect the dots and then be able to add value. And I firmly believe that uh, it is very difficult. Maybe at a private equity level, you know, one could be a bit generalist. Even in private equity, again, when you really look at buyouts and growth capital, they're also getting very uh, specialized. So sector specialization, I feel, is like a must-have going forward. It's not a nice-to-have.
0: Mm. To your mind, uh, what are the most promising changes that you see in the Indian VC ecosystem today?
1: I think uh, you know uh, the the uh, ability to uh, definitely take risk. Um, I think that uh, has increased. When I say you know, I mean VC as an asset class itself is very high risk. But um, in terms of you're seeing at least off late. Um, You know, companies and space tech, you know, electric mobility, um, uh, semiconductors, uh, uh, diagnostics, AI, uh, you know, they're all getting a good look and receiving some amount of attention and some amount of capital. So that's definitely the ability to take risk because, you know, since folks sometimes do not have all the wherewithal to do due diligence, revenue becomes a primary factor for diligence saying, oh, you know, if you have revenue, that means your product must be working and hence, you know, must be good technology. So, uh, you know, I think now I see people willing to uh, take that risk. So that is one change. I think the second thing is um, patience, uh, you know, in the sense, you know, we all know that we're running a marathon. And the ones, companies that they believe in uh, wanting to, uh, stay with those companies longer and that's why you see you know if you look at uh, 2000s right um, or before just before two thousand dot com crash uh, ipo was going to be four to six years six years if you're uh you know still alive as a startup that means you're going ipo but today you're talking about 13 14 years as private before you go ipo so it's a very very long journey so being very patient uh and third i think um is really the global orientation. Uh, You know, you don't have to have local markets. You talked about US and Europe, but we also see a theme that many of these companies will also target Asia regions, Asia and MENA, uh, you know, regions. So ability to kind of digest, uh, you know, uh, that uncertainty, that also has increased, you know, from a market perspective. So ability to take, You know the technology risk, you know the market risk, and staying with companies longer, and and uh, you know sector specialization, you know attempting to specialize in sectors or bring that kind of expertise, and last and most important thing is the operating expertise that each of the firms are bringing on board to help companies. I also see that as a very welcome change, and that's very necessary. Hmm.
0: Today, uh, a career in startups has become Uh, reasonably mainstream a lot of people talk about how it's a great time to be an engineer or uh, work in a startup or even be an entrepreneur Uh, what uh, advice would you give to someone aspiring to a career in venture capital in India
1: yeah no it's uh, um, you know again a very seminal observation I used to say early on right so uh, 10 years ago startups were seen as a career risk a monetary risk and a social risk right not anymore. So uh there's something wrong with you if you're not part of a happening startup, at least the younger generation. So clearly, and that's just because you know there's more visibility and they know success stories and success with success, right? Um uh in venture capital, at least I believe, yes, um uh, you know, there are people who are very, very successful without any operating experience. But I strongly believe that uh, it's very important uh, for folks to have operating experience, right? Before investing in companies. Uh, You need to have, you know, go sell. Uh, You need to hire a team, run operations, um, you know, create uh, free cash flows. Uh, That's that kind of experience or certain aspects may not be all of the aspects. Very, very important uh, to be able to support entrepreneurs, to be able to think and uh, empathize with entrepreneurs when they get into these kinds of problems uh, otherwise you know gets very very difficult uh, um, pick again domains that you love and that you're good at uh, get enough operating experience uh, learn I think today you know you've got many many avenues um you know you want to shadow someone or you want to be part of an angel network or you want to contribute pro bono for some time to make sure that you like what you're going to do, because these commitments are very long commitments. You know, you're talking about, you know, at least one fund commitment, even for an analyst or an associate uh, is is four to six years. And for a senior person, you know, you're talking about 10 years, if it's two funds, it's 20 year kind of commitment or at least 15 year commitment. So very clearly, uh, you know, they need to like what they do and they need to be good at it.
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, Really insightful conversation, Satish. uh, Thank you again for making time for this. I definitely hope to keep the conversation
1: going. Thank you so much, Hari. I appreciate it.
0: That was Satish Andhra. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.